when we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands, 
thousands being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you wherever you go, defending you from all harm. If you walk into a trap, they'll be there for you and keep you from stumbling. You'll even walk unharmed among the fiercest powers of darkness, trampling every one of them beneath your feet. For here is what the Lord has spoken to me. Because you loved me, delighted in me, and have been loyal to my name, I will greatly protect you. I will answer your cry for help every time you pray, and you will feel my presence in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and bring you honor. I will satisfy you with a full life and with all that I do for you, for you will enjoy the fullness of my salvation. When you abide under the shadow of Shaddai, you are hidden in the strength of God Most High. He's the hope that holds me and the stronghold to shelter me, the only God for me and my great confidence. He will rescue you from every hidden trap of the enemy. He will protect you from false accusation and any deadly curse. His massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. His arms of faithfulness are a shield, keeping you from harm. You will never worry about an attack of demonic forces at night, nor have to fear a spirit of darkness coming against you. Don't fear a thing. Whether by day or by night, demonic danger will not trouble you, nor will the powers of evil be launched against you. Even in a time of disaster with thousands and thousands, is being killed, you will remain unscathed and unharmed. You will be a spectator as the wicked perish in judgment, for they will be paid back for what they have done. When we live our lives within the shadow of God Most High, our secret hiding place, we will always be shielded from harm. How then could evil prevail against us or disease infect us? God sends angels with special orders to protect you. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Victory Christian Fellowship. Tonight, you're going to tap into the power of God. God's power is here. It's already been sent ahead of time. And His power can do the impossible. And His power is a gift to us. And if you're watching online, thanks for watching. Thanks for tuning in. Don't miss it. You're going to be excited tonight. Father, we are so grateful and thankful for your goodness tonight. We give you all the praise. Our heart is open, ready to receive. Lord, we are hooked up and plugged in with you. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you lead God and direct us and bring us into all truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship the Lord together. So oh. 
Someone whom we stand in awe of. Lord, this is your time. This is your moment. These are your people. And this is your house. And we honor and glorify and magnify you, Lord Jesus. And Lord, we thank you so much for your personal touch and that you speak to us right now. I'm looking for the hungry heart and the thirsty soul that I can not only fill but overflow. I want you to overflow of my goodness and my grace. I want to overflow in your life and in every place. I want to overflow with my riches and my love. And I want you to overflow with all the goodness from your Father above. Hallelujah. Are you ready to overflow? That means you can't contain what's on the inside. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Lord, you've heard them. They're ready. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. They are phenomenal. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, it's a good night tonight. It's a night of refreshing. It's a night of blessing. Hallelujah. Want to let you know, ladies, that we're having our Woven Women's Conference, April 21st and 22nd. And uh, we're having a director of Rama South Pacific going to be here, uh, Patty Akui. And uh, she directs uh, Rama South Pacific. She has a big boat. And she reaches, uh, she has a Bible school in Fiji, Samoa, Vanuatu. And uh, she, she reaches all some of those uh, islands there as well. And uh, this, uh, everybody say February 20th, I mean March 22nd. Um, that's a Wednesday. We're having uh, Sushil Kumar, another Rama director. He directs Rama, one of the Rama Indias. I've been to his school. I've taught his students. And uh, he'll be with us here on that Wednesday. So uh, bring, plan to bring someone Wednesday the 22nd. And uh, let's fill this place with hungry people and let God do his thing. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, this Sunday... Uh, if you don't know, uh, we have a, a woman's book club that takes place every month, and uh, they're studying uh, Discover Your Purpose, so you can join that. It, it's after our service on Sunday, if you're a lady and you're interested in that, and if you go to another church, you can go to your church and come here afterwards and join the book club. Amen? And uh, so we got a lot of good things are happening. Hallelujah. We're reaching into our schools of Palmyra every week. And uh, our reach is getting uh, broader and broader. Hallelujah. 
And uh, so we're excited about that open door. And uh, we have other schools to reach, so we need uh, other people to volunteer as well. And if you're interested uh, in ministering to kids and you're available during the day and uh, you'd like to help, maybe you can uh, inquire about what's needed. Amen. Hallelujah. And of course, as always, you can uh, give any time during our service. We don't pass a container, but we have our, our seed planters uh, by the bookstore and as you come in. And uh, of course, we have our website for those who are online. Amen. And uh, you can give and uh, if you haven't given, give and watch God bless. Amen. Amen. He is faithful to his word. Yes. And the Bible says he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Yes. And uh, part of give, part of diligently seeking God is giving. Yes. Amen. You know, uh, we say it in the world, put your money where your mouth is, right? If you love Jesus, well then, hey, glory to God. All right, Father, I'm so grateful and thankful for the givers and their gifts. And Lord, I thank you that their gifts increase your kingdom. And Lord, you bless them abundantly. Uh, their gifts, Father, and we just call them blessed going out and coming in, in the city and in the country and wherever they are. We call them blessed, blessed, blessed. And we thank you for your goodness and your grace upon us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we got some kids in this place. Glory to God. And we got some teachers and some volunteers. Kids, are you hungry for the Holy Ghost? Hallelujah. He's the only one that makes the devil toast, the Holy Ghost. And uh, he is here. He, He brings us into all truth. So kids, go to your class. Have a good night. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You know, we are in a season of revival. And um, you can't have revival without power. And God is all-powerful. But he shares his power with us. He delegates us or authorizes us to operate in his power right so tonight i just want to touch on god's purpose of power is to change you god's power changes you you know If the devil has you in chains, it's going to take power to break those chains. And Satan's power binds you, restricts you, hinders you. And his power, he he uses it to steal, kill, and destroy from you. But God's power is to help you. It's to free you. It's to heal you. It's to lead you. And ultimately, it's to save you. Amen? And God's power is greater than the enemy's power. 
You, as a matter of fact, you don't have to take power over the enemy. Jesus already defeated him. But you have to exercise your authority over him. In other words, you have to use the power that you've been given by God to keep the devil in his place. And his place is under your foot. I, I, there was a mini book one time. I forget who wrote it. Might have been Copeland, I'm not sure, but it says, keep your foot on the devil's neck. Hallelujah. Well, how many could, they need something in their life to change tonight? You need something to change in your life tonight? Maybe in your finances, maybe in your body, maybe in your relationships. Well, you can't change without power. See, I mean, we use everything... In today's world, so many things need power, right? Pastor Nelson can't play his guitar because it's an electric guitar. He can't play it without power. I mean, he could play it, but you wouldn't hear it, right? It's got to have, it's got to be uh, connected to power, right? These lights on this stage, they're connected to power. And they couldn't shine if they weren't connected to the power, right? And... You know, we have power companies here in Pennsylvania, right? You either have PP&L or MedEd or some, some other company, but, and they generate the power, right? But in order to get the power to your house, you've got to be connected to that power in some way. And the lines, the power lines connect the power supplier to your home, Right? But power from heaven doesn't need lines. It just needs believers. The believers are the lines of God's power. And he operates his power through people. Hallelujah. So we're going to get into this tonight. I want you to turn in your Bibles, look on your devices to Acts chapter 26. And... uh, We're going to start reading with verse 12, and we're going to pay particular attention to verses uh, 16 to 18. And, uh, you know, before we get to, I just want to gear your mind for power. We're going to get to that verse here in just a moment. All right? Power is the ability or the capacity to act or to do something effectively. Power is physical strength or force exerted or uh, capable of being exerted, right? Like strength, right? Um, Power is effectiveness at moving your emotions or changing how you think. It's the ability or the official capacity to exercise control or authority, right? there's, There's military power. There's political power, there's economic power, and in the church, there's holy, godly power. And God is the source of our power. How many has ever gotten a bill for you to use God's power? He won't send you a bill. Why? Anyone anyone can operate his power who believe in him. All you got to do is have faith in God, and you become a power conduit of God. Hallelujah. And uh, so glory to God. Let's read in Acts chapter 16. Paul is telling the story 
to King Agrippa of when he was converted. How many came out of a religious church? I did. You know, uh, the church that I came out of, they had church, but they weren't alive. They weren't alive spiritually. All right. And uh, but, you know, Paul came out of a dead church, too. And the way Paul got out of a dead church, he got connected with the real power. And the real power converted him. Hallelujah. You know, in order to handle the power, you got to have a converter. Right? Power's got to be converted so that you can handle it. Well, the Holy Ghost is our power converter. He helps you handle the power that God gives us. All right? So let's get into this story here. Acts chapter 26, verse 12. While... uh while thus occupied, as I journeyed to Damascus with authority and commissions from the chief priests, that's the religion that he was part of, okay? At midday, O king, along the road, I saw a light from heaven. Oh, God was given a glimpse of his power. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, power produces sparks. Hallelujah. Well, God's power produces light. So he saw a light from heaven. Brighter than the sun. If you can imagine, uh, you know, if you look at the sun, sometimes it leaves an impression on your eyes for a couple minutes, right? Because it's so bright. But this light was brighter than the sun. And Paul didn't need sunglasses to see it. See, God, God's power won't hurt you. It'll help you. It'll hurt the enemy, but it won't hurt you. Okay? Unless you get on God's bad side. So, uh, brighter than the sun shining around me and those who journeyed with me. And when all had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me and saying in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Now, Paul was persecuting Christians, but Jesus said, you're persecuting me. Because every, every true Christian is a part of Jesus. Because you can't become a Christian without Jesus. Amen? So, see, uh, Paul was called to be a revivalist. But right now, he needed some resuscitation. Because what Paul was doing was dead works. He was doing what he thought in his own mind was what he was supposed to do, but he had no clue what God wanted him to do, but he was about to get a clue. Say, Paul's about to get a clue. Aren't you glad that God gives us clues? Okay? So, the Lord identified himself. He said, I am Jesus. Okay? And then verse 16, he said, but rise, stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose. Everybody say, for this purpose. Everything that God does is on purpose. And God has a purpose for his power. And the purpose of God's power is to change your life. It is to change the way you think. It is, it is to recalibrate you to how you were supposed to be from the beginning. A close, intimate relationship with God. Sin separated us from God. 
And there was no way where we could bridge that gap. We couldn't build a bridge. We, we, we couldn't uh, pull ourselves close to God. There was nothing that we could do to help ourselves. God had to send a savior. His name was Jesus and he sent him with power. There's power in his words. There's power in his message. There's power in his spirit. There's power in his blood. There's power in his name. Everything about Jesus represents power. And he came so that we could once again Be one with God. That was God's plan from the very beginning. He wanted to walk with man. He wanted to have fellowship and relationship and communication. And he wanted to hang out with with man. Amen? And God, that's what God wants of you. He just loves you so much. He loves being with you. He loves spending time with you. He loves fellowshipping with you. And he moved heaven and earth so that he could regain his fellowship with his created beings. So Jesus said, I've appeared to you for this purpose. Okay? So God has a purpose. Say, God has a purpose for me. And if you don't know it, you can ask him and he'll show it. That's the good thing about God. You can ask him things. Okay, I have appeared to you for this purpose to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. Hallelujah. Paul, Jesus was going to train Paul. Glory to God. I made you a minister of the things you've seen and the things you're going to see. How many know we haven't seen everything yet? There's more to see. There's more to know. There's more to learn so that we can grow. If you stop learning, you stop growing. God is always interested in believers increasing in the knowledge of God. We ought to be getting more information about God. We ought to know more about God, what he likes, what he doesn't like, what he's interested in. Amen? About his business, about his kingdom. Amen? Because you could spend an eternity with him and never get to the bottom of it. But God still wants you to grow in knowledge. All right? I'm going to read this and then we'll talk about it. Verse 17, I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you. So Paul is getting a lesson on what his purpose was. Not Paul's purpose, but God's purpose for Paul. And then verse 18, to open the eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. That there may, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Hallelujah. So we're going to talk about these things. Number one, Jesus appoints you and anoints you for a purpose. He is the appointer. We are the appointees. And God had a purpose for you before you were born, before you were in your mother's womb. He designed you, he created you, and he called you for a purpose. See, I have a purpose. You have a reason for living. You have a reason for being. So this was Paul's purpose 
He appointed Paul and he anointed Paul for his purpose. The Lord appoints people in his church. Amen? In order for you to be a tree, you have to be planted. Trees don't plant themselves, do they? I mean, well, yeah, birds eat the seed. They get rid of the seed. The seed gets planted in the ground. But a tree has to be planted, right? But once a tree is planted, do you you ever see trees say, I don't like this place, I'm moving? Well, it's hard when you're planted. The only way that you can move when you're planted is you get uprooted. And uprooted may be God may send you to a different place. But how many know God's got a place of planting for you? So Paul was appointed a preacher to the Gentiles. If you go back to to Acts 9, we're not going to go there, but that talks about God's call for Paul. He said, I've called you, I've appointed you to uh, preach the gospel to kings, to uh, Gentiles, and or to Gentiles, kings, and the Jews. The Jews were last, but Paul went to the Jews first. How many know if you if you mess up God's order, you're going to bring trouble on yourself? All right, okay. Say, I'm appointed by Jesus. All right. The Bible says he is the author and the finisher of your faith. If you want to learn about faith, he's the author of it. He designed it. He created it. And he's also the finisher of your faith. Well, what's in the middle? That's you living for him. Faith begins with him. Faith ends with him. But you get to fill in the middle with him. Amen. So, uh. Jesus is the anointed one. Peter had a revelation. Jesus said, who, 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 do you, who, do you, who am I to you? And Jesus, Peter got this revelation from God the Father. He said, you are the Christ. You are the anointed one, the son of the living God. So Jesus is anointed and whom he appoints, he anoints. When you're in a position of authority... You get to appoint your team. And guess what? You made the team. You made the cut. God chose you. He didn't choose you last. He chose you first. Amen? You weren't a second thought of God. You were a first thought of God. Hallelujah. When he was on the cross, he was thinking of you. He did everything he did for you. He knew that you were going to be here tonight. He knew that you were going to hear this message. He, 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 he had it ordained. And so he appointed you and he anointed you. Right? We are, we are justified and acquitted of sin and made blameless before God. And we have peace and reconciled with God through Jesus Christ, Jesus the anointed one. That's in Romans 5.1. You can write that down. Hallelujah. So, uh, let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. What kind of news is the Bible? Does good news make you glad or sad? Does it get you excited or get you down? 
All right, so don't hide your excitement. Don't keep it to yourself. Amen? Second Corinthians chapter 1, verses 21 and 22. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 21 and 22. Now, he who establishes us with you in Christ... And has anointed us is God. Say, I'm anointed. Does the Bible say you were anointed? Yeah, you were smeared with his goodness. You were smeared with his favor. You were smeared with his strength. You were smeared with his power. You are anointed. If you ever question whether or not you were anointed, that the Bible says you were anointed, God anointed you. Say, I'm anointed. To anoint means to equip for a purpose. It is the spiritual equipment that you need to do what you were called to do. You can't effectively do what you were called to do without being anointed to do it. I'm anointed to teach. Glory to God. Dr. Fiona is anointed to prophesy and so many things else. Hallelujah. But every one of us in this room, we have been anointed. God established you in Christ, in the anointed one, right? And he anointed you is God. God. And verse 22, who also has sealed us and given us the spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Not only have you been anointed, but you have been sealed. Signed, sealed, delivered. What does it mean to be sealed? You've been God approved. You've been God certified. I stamp you my child. That's what God's saying. I I equip you to wreak havoc on the kingdom of darkness. I've given you authority over every serpent and every scorpion and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. You've been anointed not to be hurt by the devil. You've been anointed to overcome. You've been anointed to win. You've been anointed to be healed. You've been anointed to be saved. You've been anointed to have joy. Glory to God. Go to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. Look at verse 27. See, revival comes when God's anointing just flows through people. Galatians 3.27. Okay. For as many of you as we're baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. What does it mean to be baptized into Christ? That means you've been born again. How many has accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior? Then you've been baptized in the anointing. And now you can put on that anointing, like clothing. You can wear it to the gym. You can wear it when you go for a walk. You can put on the anointing when you go to work. 
Hallelujah. You can put on the anointing when you go out to eat. Glory to God. You can put on the anointing when you're outside doing work in your garden, uh, cutting your grass. You can put on the anointing. Have you put on the anointing today? Did you come here with the anointing? Whoo, glory to God. You know, when they used to anoint people, they would pour oil on them. It was a symbol of the Holy Spirit coming on them to function. You've been anointed to function in the body of Christ. God's given you a function. Hallelujah. he's, He's given you the place to function in. He teaches you how to function in your function. Amen. Hallelujah. And church is his training ground to learn how to function. It's where we learn how to flow. And it's where we all grow. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Beware this one might cause excitement. But go to Hebrews chapter 1. Hebrews chapter 1, and look at verse 9. Whoo, this, now he's quoting the Old Testament here. And he says, in Hebrews 1, 9, he says, you have loved righteousness. How many love righteousness? And hated lawlessness. We got to love righteousness and hate lawlessness. What's lawlessness? Anything against God. Anything contrary to God. Okay? For all those who love righteousness and hate lawlessness, therefore God, your God, has anointed you. With what? With the oil of gladness more than your companions. Woo! God anoints you with gladness. He anoints you with joy. Some of you squeaky, rusty uh, gears need some oil of joy. And you need that joy to flow through your lives and in your hearts. Hallelujah. You know, when you, when you hear something funny... Try to keep it in and try not to. It's harder to try not to laugh than to laugh. Amen? Amen. Now, religion gets a little bit uptight when joy starts happening in the church. But if you read the Bible, there's a lot of joy in the Bible. Joy, he said rejoice, and again I say what? He told you to do it twice. See, I've been anointed... With the oil of gladness. Because you love righteousness and you hate lawlessness. Alright? Number two, Paul was sent to the Gentiles. Acts 9.13 says Paul was chosen instrument uh, to bear the Lord's name before Gentiles, kings, and the sons of Israel. Okay? Okay? Then over there uh, in Acts 26, uh, verse 18, the third thing that the power of God does, it is opens eyes. People who are in sin, who don't know the Lord, they are blind. Jesus said of the Pharisees, he said, you are blind guides. You are the blind leading the blind and you both fall in the ditch. Right? So what revival does 
is it enlightens people. It opens their eyes so that they can see what they've been given, so that they can see what they've been promised, so that they can take possession of what is already theirs. Aren't you glad the power of God can open eyes? Blindness is is something that God uses his power to turn around. He opens blind eyes, physical and spiritual, right? So his power, see, his power, he changes you because you find your purpose, your true purpose, your God-given purpose, amen? Each one of us have a God-given purpose, right? What I'm doing tonight is my God-given purpose. God put me in Palmyra. I didn't even know Palmyra existed. I didn't know anybody in Palmyra. Except I was in Lancaster. And I heard about a church that had been with a pastor for, uh, for about a year. I didn't even hear where. I just heard they've been without a pastor for a year. Boom. That was my purpose. And I heard that. Put my name in. And here I am. 21 years later. Amen? Go to Isaiah chapter 35. See, a spiritually blind person can't discern truth. If someone is spiritually blind, they can't discern truth. They can't see what God promised. And the Bible is unclear to them. A person who's spiritually blind, when God talks, they hear Charlie Brown's teacher. How many Charlie Brown's? T- I don't know how Charlie Brown ever learned anything. When you got a teacher, what is that? No wonder he always let Lucy p- pull the ball from him. Isaiah thirty-five and verse five. See, what the devil does is he sets the ball up for you, then he pulls it away when you try to go kick it. Because he's a deceiver. He's a liar. All right? Isaiah 35, 5. He says, the eyes of the blind shall be opened. And the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. All right, let's, let's go back to verse 3. Strengthen the weak hands. If you came in here tonight with some weak hands, you can get those hands strengthened. You can get any, any body part strengthened. God gives power to the faint. And he increases the strength to them that have no might. Hallelujah. All right? And God wants you to use his power to strengthen hands. Maybe you encounter someone who's got some weak hands. Right? You know, weak hands... Don't go up to praise God. They need to be strengthened. Okay? And make firm the feeble knees. If your knees are feeble, God can make you firm. He can strengthen your legs. Verse 4, say to those who are a fearful heart, be strong and do not fear. See, with fear, you got to speak to it. 
Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come. And then verse 5 we read, the eyes of the blind shall be open, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Verse 6, that then the lame shall leap like a deer. If you're, if you're lame, you can leap. Some of you lame need to be leaping. Amen? You got to see yourself leaping. See yourself as Burrell, what's his name? Burrell, um, that Russian dancer. Barishnikov, that's it. Yeah, I was combining his names. Barishnikov. Leap. Can, can God heal the lame? Can his power heal the lame? Yeah, he, he did it. How many times did he do it in the Gospels? Time and time again. Didn't matter if they were lame for a day or for 35 years. He, he made them walk. Hallelujah. See, here's the thing. You got to be willing to participate with the power of God because you can resist the power of God. Go to Mark, Mark 6 for just a minute. Mark 6. It's either Mark 6 or Mark 9. Let me see here. Mark 6, verse 5. Look at Mark 6, verse 5. Now he could do no mighty work that did it say would or could. He could not. Say he could not. Now you're talking about Jesus. Why couldn't Jesus just do his power anywhere he wanted to? Because of their unbelief. He could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people. That means he could only lay his hands on a few people with some minor ailments. And he healed them. But for the most part, the Lord was prevented from working because of unbelief. Oh, that's just for the birds. No, it's for believers. You know, God loves believers more than birds. Did you ever see a bird worry or fret? You got the cardinal talking to the blue blue jay. What are we going to eat today? I don't know. What are we going to eat? Where are we going to go? I don't know. Birds don't worry. They don't even break a sweat. But they go out tomorrow, they find the food that they need, and they're good. But Christians, oh my God, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? God says, you're worth more than birds. Say, my God takes care of me. I don't have a worry. I don't have a care. I just rest in God. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Mm. So God's power, it gives you purpose. God's power tells you who you're sent to. Everyone is sent to someone. You might be sent to a place. You might be sent to a group. You might be sent to uh, an age group or a particular uh, set of people, but you're sent to someone. Amen? And... uh, Look at your feet and say, my feet are beautiful feet. Because I'm sent to preach the gospel. You know, it doesn't matter what type of work you do. 
You are called by God to preach the gospel. Well, I leave that up to my preacher. No, God leaves it up to you. Preachers train the people and the people preach the gospel. I mean, we all can preach the gospel. Amen? Why? Because we're all in the family business. Okay? So another thing that God's power does is it turns from darkness to light. It turns from darkness to light. When a person is in darkness, they are separated from God because of sin. When a person is in darkness, they're under the influence of the world. All right? When a person is in darkness, they're under Satan's control and they're disobedient. This is what Ephesians tells us. Okay? And in darkness, you know, the Bible said in John 1, 5, the light shined in darkness, but the darkness comprehended it not. Did you know the darkness didn't know what the light wanted to do? The light said, look at your neighbor and say, come to the light. (laughs) See, but we need God's power to get out of darkness. When when, When it's dark, you can't find your way around. Or you move slower than normal, right? Because you got to feel your way. Because you're in darkness. But God is light. God wants you to see. And he, he, God's power comes into a place to bring people out of darkness into the light. A translation takes place. Every one of you were moved from darkness to light. Hallelujah. You were translated you didn't even ask Scotty to beam you up, but you got beamed up, brother. Hallelujah. Say, I was translated from darkness to light. Now, God says, you, now you got to walk as children of the light. You got to walk in the light. What does walking in the light mean? It means walking in the Bible that you know. It's walking in the word of God that you know. It's putting into practice the principles that God laid out in his word. Amen. See, what Paul was doing before he met Jesus, he was persecuting Christians. He had a legal right from his dead church, from his dead religion, to go and find people who believed in Jesus. And he would seek them out, right? He had papers. And he would go to people and he would find them. He would incarcerate them. He would imprison them. And sometimes he would watch them be killed, And in his own mind, because he was in darkness, he thought he was doing what God wanted him to do until he met Jesus. And then Paul's life got turned right side up. Right? And guess what? Paul was blind for three days. He knew what it meant to come out of darkness into the light. He knew what it meant to have his blind eyes open because Paul was blind for three days. For three days, God let him consider whether or not he was going to choose this way or his way. And then God sent a man by the name of Ananias. He said, I want you to go to my, I want you to go to Paul. And Ananias said, wait a minute, God, I've heard reports about him. He's persecuting the church. And God told Ananias, he said, go, he's a chosen vessel unto me. So Ananias had the word of God. So he walked in 
Paul was sitting there praying blind and Ananias said, brother Saul, whoo, that's faith. You know, when you got a word from God to say, hey, he's my chosen vessel, call him a brother, call him a sister. Amen. That, see, God, God wanted Paul to be a revivalist. He wanted Paul to preach the gospel, to plant churches. He, persecuting wasn't the plan. Planting churches was the plan. Preaching the gospel was the plan. Amen. And in order to, to get him where he needed to be, there had to be some power on the scene. So Jesus himself, the power head, he came and he gave Paul power. He shined light, right? He, he spoke words and, and Paul's life was transformed in that moment. And when Ananias came and laid his hands on him, these aren't even in my notes, scales fell off his eyes. See, because when... Religion makes you crusty. Religion makes you stale. Because religion has no relationship with God. That means if you have no relationship with God, you're not connected to the power. You're like an unplugged fan on a hot day. Why ain't that fan moving? Because it's not plugged in. The fan was meant to move. It was created to move. It was meant to bring cool air into a hot atmosphere. But if it's not plugged into the power, it can't fulfill its purpose. If you're not plugged into the power, you can't fulfill your purpose. You were created for a purpose, but whether or not you, you fulfill your purpose, you got to be plugged into the right power source. Tonight we're plugging in. We're plugging in here tonight at VCF. Did you know in three days Paul went from being a persecutor to a preacher? He didn't have to go to school to learn how to fulfill God's plan for his life. Now, sometimes God puts you in the school because, listen, you've got to follow the purpose. If God's purpose for you means go to school, then you go to school. God's purpose for me was go to Bible school. Why? Because I was clueless. I needed some clues. I needed to be taught the word of God. I was taught religion for 19 years of my life, but now I needed to be taught the word. You know, the teaching of the word is different than teaching religion. When Jesus taught, people said, where did this man get this authority? He certainly didn't find it in hammer and nails and wood. He, where did he get this authority? He was a carpenter, right? Stonemason. So the apostle Paul, he was just like us, wandering, trying to do what we know is best, but it's the wrong thing, right? Getting involved in mess, right? But then... After his hands were laid on him, he was baptized in the Holy Ghost, which is baptism of power. He was baptized in water, which means he was squeaky clean. And now he was ready to preach. Why? Because God appointed him. God anointed him. God called him. God equipped him. God brought him out of the darkness. God opened his light so that he could see. And God wants to do that for you. Do you know that Jesus hates sickness? Do you know that he took 39 stripes, whipped across his back with a cat of nine tails, with bone and glass on the ends of the whips, and when he would crack that whip, his flesh would rip open. Because every drop of blood that came from that whip brought healing to people who were sick. He 
Healing is in the atonement. Healing is in the cross. That's where he paid for your healing. You are the healed. Healing is for you. It belongs to you. Let's just be healed. Say, I'm healed in Jesus' name. Say, by his stripes, I am healed. I receive healing all over my body. I'm whole. I'm healed. I can do what I couldn't do before. In Jesus' name. Amen. And then finally, the verse in Acts, he said he was released from the power of Satan to the power of God. Satan binds and restricts. A woman in Luke 13 had a spirit of infirmity. Everybody say a spirit. spirit. That's an evil spirit. Wasn't a spirit of God, but no one knew that it was a spirit. She thought she was born this way. Couldn't stand up straight. She had to walk like, can you imagine 13 years? Jesus comes in to the synagogue, which was the church at that time, and he sees her, and he calls her to him. And he said, woman, thou art loose. Say, I'm loosed. He said, you are loosed from your infirmity. He kicked the spirit, the evil spirit that had bound that woman. He said, ought not this daughter of Abraham... That's a covenant keeper. That's a covenant person. You're a covenant person. God abides his covenant for you. Those who people who believe in him have a covenant with God. And your covenant is everlasting. Ought not this woman, who is a daughter of Abraham, be loose from this infirmity? Woman, thou art loosed. In Jesus' name. And that woman, for the first time in 13 years, stood up straight. Why? Because that spirit that held her in bondage could no longer hold her because Jesus cast him out. He, he, he causes us to be released from the power. Satan has some power to people who believe in him. He has power to deceive. He has power to bind. He has power to steal, kill, and destroy. He can only steal, kill, and destroy to those who let him. First Peter 5 says he walks about as a roaring lion. Everybody say, as a roaring lion. Didn't call him a lion. Said he, he, he tries to act, roar, 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 roar. He walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. That means in order for Satan to devour you, he's got to have your permission and your cooperation. The Bible says in Ephesians, give give the devil no place. So, If you give the devil place, he can come in and he can devour. But if you don't give him the place, he can't devour. He can only go, roar, roar. 
See, but to the believer, that's what he sounds like. To the believer, he's a toothless lion. To the believer, he's been defeated. To the believer, we have authority over him. Say, I've been released from the power of Satan by the power of God. Say, God's power is working in my life. You know, God's power is greater than Satan's power. He's already been defeated. The Bible said that Jesus made a show of him openly. God's power is designed to bring you out of something and into something better. God's power is designed to change your heart, your life, your situation, and something bad into something good. We're talking about power to change. Amen? Amen. Anytime someone came across Jesus that had a need, that need was changed. Right? I think of the woman with the issue of blood. Fifteen years, right? She, she was bleeding in her body. She was hemorrhaging. When you bleed like that, do you gain strength or do you lose strength? So you can imagine bleeding constantly, right? Now, she had some money, okay? But what happened to the money that she had? She spent it where? Sickness is a thief. It steals your time, it steals your energy, and it steals your money. That's why God hates it. Say, God hates sickness, and so do I. It's no friend of mine. I don't allow it. You got to post up signs, uh, sickness beware, keep out. Right? No trespassing. Sickness is a trespasser. But there's healing in Jesus. There's, there's strength in Jesus. There's restoration in Jesus. There's wholeness in Jesus. And the woman with the issue of blood, what happened? She heard something. For, for years, she heard the doctors, I can't do this. I can't do that. We can't help you here. That's all she heard. But then, on this day, she heard of Jesus. Who is Jesus? He's the word. She heard the word. What happens when you hear the word? What comes to your heart? Faith. Faith came into this woman's heart for the first time. She said, so she said, see, if you want to act on your faith, you got to say If I but touch his clothes, I shall be. Everybody say, I shall be. be. Did she say she was going to try? Did she say, I hope so? She said, I shall be. You got to revisit your faith words. So, in her weakened state, she was bound by the power of Satan. Why? Satan was not originally designed to have control on this earth, but man gave him control when he sinned. But Jesus gave us back the control when he rose from the dead. So anybody who believes in Jesus can override Satan's control. So if you're a believer in Jesus, you've got power over Satan. You can tell him to shut up. You can tell him to go. You can tell him to leave. And guess what? He has to obey you. 
If you tell him to shut up, he can't speak another word. Say, I've got the power. Say, I've got the power of God. So, this woman, she was bound. She touched Jesus, who is the anointing. And the Bible says that virtue went out of him. In other words, power went out of him. Now, that's dunamis power. The power in Acts 26 is exusia. It's, it's authority. We have authority over the devil. Amen? He can't hold you down anymore. He can't keep you out anymore. He can't steal from you anymore. He can't kill you. He could try, but he's not going to win. He could aim a gun at you, but it's going to miss fire. It'll blow up in his face like it did for Elmer Fudd and Bugs Bunny. All Bugs Bunny had to do was see we're released from the power of God, from the power of Satan by the power of God. See, as a creator, God makes things new. He uses his power for good. And uh, Jesus was teaching in a place in Luke 5. The Bible said that the house was full of people. And the Bible clearly says that the power of God was present to heal them. Okay? But there was one who couldn't get in the house. Every seat was taken. There was standing room only. But how many know when you see an obstacle, you, faith people turn an obstacle into an opportunity. Say, so every obstacle I have is an opportunity to overcome. Every obstacle, say it again. Say, every obstacle in front of me is an opportunity to overcome. Yeah, faith people turn their obstacles into opportunities. Well, I can't get in the back door. I can't get in the window. I can't get in the front door. I'm just going to make a door. So his four friends carried him. He was lame. He couldn't walk, so they had to carry him. They carried him to the roof. How would you like to be a lame man being carried by four people climbing up ladders, getting to the roof? I don't know how tall the building was, right? And Jesus made a statement. He sees so, Jesus is teaching, right? So the word's going forth. So faith is going forth, right? The power is there. It's present to heal. Just like tonight, God's power is here. Say, God's power is here. So Jesus, he sees coming from the ceiling. He looks up and there are people making a hole in the ceiling. <laughs> Say, I'm going to get to Jesus no matter what. See, we got to have the attitude that we're going to get to Jesus no matter what. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the solution. Jesus is, he's everything that we need. So you got to make, you got to get to him no matter what. Right? And uh, so they start lowering this lame man right before Jesus. Front row seat that they made themselves. Hallelujah. Didn't even have to scalp a ticket. Faith makes a way where there was no way. Faith is determined. Faith is persevering. Faith will find a way to get to Jesus. Jesus said, I saw their faith. 
Because faith is an action. So, he gets lowered down right in front of Jesus. Now, there's power present to heal. That's what the power was there to do. And Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. Because <laughs> the same power to forgive is the same power to heal. It's not different. It doesn't matter what you need. God's power can handle it. Big or small, God's power can do it. Say big or small. God's power can do it. And uh, so then they began to murmur and think. So Jesus answered their thoughts. He said, is it easier for me to say your sins are forgiven or to rise up and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sin? I say to you, man, pick up your bed and walk. He, he, he was carried in and he walked out. Why? Because there was power present. There was power present. Atmospheres matter. What you put in the atmosphere matters. There was light in the atmosphere. There was word in the atmosphere. God's message is power. The name of Jesus is power. The Holy Spirit was there. There's power. There was all kinds of power in that room, and it was ready to be released, by, and it was ready to be received by faith. Someone with some faith had to receive the power that was present. Your faith is the cord that taps into the power. And that man, he picked up his blanket and he walked home. Hallelujah. That's what God's power will do. It'll bring you from darkness to light. It'll open your blind eyes. It'll make your body strong. And it'll, it'll override the power of Satan that's been hindering you, blocking you, stopping you, and it'll propel you forward. Yeah. And that same power is right here tonight yeah. in the name of Jesus. I want you to stand up. And I want you to start praising God and thanking him for his power, for his goodness, for his grace, for his name. Hallelujah. And if you need a touch in your body... I want you to take your hands. These hands have been anointed with fresh power. I'm going to release God's power in my body. In Jesus' name. Right now, you just touch your body that needs power. And power is going to come to your body in the name of Jesus. If you need power in your finances, touch your pocketbook. If you need power in relationships, if you can, touch a friend or a family member. Hallelujah. Say right now, God's power is being released in Jesus' name. God's power is real. Hallelujah. I didn't tell you to stop praising him for his power. Come on, you've got to stir yourself up. You gotta be determined to receive. And you gotta be excited about Jesus for what he's doing right now in 2023. I guarantee you that anybody that was touched by the power of Jesus, they didn't walk around and say, oh, that was nice. No, they were shouting, they were jumping, they were dancing, they were rejoicing. Hallelujah! 
Come on, the power's flowing. The power is flowing. And for those of you that need or want a touch, come up here right now in the name of Jesus. I want you to come expecting to be touched by the power of God. You're not going to be touched by 